Hello everybody and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby, and today we are doing a post-salad episode. We actually ate some amazing Asian seafood salad. You've seen it on the show before. It is a staple of side dishes. It is savory and salty and crunchy with sesame seeds and some sort of oil as well. But we had it along with pimento mac and cheese. That is those curly noodles with just a bunch of cheese, the proper amount. They don't skimp. And breadcrumbs. Very good. I will say, though, both of those things came from Yordicab Farmer's Market. And they notoriously don't put the right cooking instructions on their packaging. For the longest time, I couldn't even find the cooking instructions because they're in the same font as the ingredients and they are right below. So they're almost indistinguishable. And who reads until the last row of ingredients? But ever since we've gone there and got their pre-made stuff, we've known that, for example, if it says put something in the oven for 350 degrees, 20 minutes, it'll take 40 minutes. It's outrageously inconsistent. But whatever. It's delicious food. I enjoyed it a lot. And it was a weird combo, but we kind of staggered it and it made it delicious. Anyway, I want to talk about a video or maybe a couple of videos that I just watched. One was an ADV China podcast where they talked about the flooding in China. I've mentioned ADV, Serpent ZA, and Lao Wai 86 a couple of times on the podcast. They cover China, used to live in China. That's where I first started hearing about the Wuhan flu. I'm a big fan of their show. This episode, they talked about how the Three Gorges Dam, the biggest dam in the world, the one that you've heard about as changing the spin of the earth, it's so large, has not really been operating at its proper capacity. And as a result of that, combined with heavy rains this year, there have been just biblical floods. It is insane to see the footage that was shared on China's WeChat or whatever that they then show anonymized or rebranded or whatever. And just to see people on boats going over roads, things that you would associate with hurricanes in Miami or that one time New York flooded because of Hurricane Sandy, Katrina even, big cataclysms for America. And they're happening all over China this year. And you just would not have known about it. They then go on to talk about the building construction in China and how that really contributes to these civil engineering projects falling through and, and killing a bunch of people. It's a really interesting video. And again, just wild to see big, big floods. On another note, we watched some stuff about the Honda E. And man, I love that car. I think it's the neatest thing. I love that it uses cameras instead of rear view mirrors. And I think that that would be something holding it back in the States in terms of regulation. I don't know if that's allowed. And I also, as far as I know, have not seen it for sale in the United States. But that's the kind of car that I've mentioned to my dad. He's never done this, by the way. There's no prerequisite for me mentioning this to him. But I was like, man, you should import one of those and just put it on ice and hold it because that will be such a classic car. It's an instant classic. You see it. It's beautiful. It's electric. It's bold design and just really well done. It's very small. It was being compared by Johnny from Car Pervert to the original Honda Civic. And that is really where it finds its lineage. But it's just so neat. I've also seen in another video from him on Fully Charged 
how it can turn inside of a parking spot. It has this insanely tight turning radius, but people just won't let it die that it has only a 130 mile range, 140 mile range maybe. And I think that's such a shame because, you know, as someone who drives around regularly in an EV that has 76 miles of range, 140 sounds plenty for a little city car like the Honda E. And yeah, I just lust after that car. It's such a cool, cute little thing. Anyway, I guess lastly, I saw this really cool video from Undecided about solar advancements in 2020, the cusp of solar technology. And it was interesting to see it broken down, how much cheaper per watt solar energy has gotten since the 50s and how much more efficient it's gotten. But right now, silicon-based solar sits at around 20% efficiency. Some of the best cells get up to 23% efficiency. In the lab, they've used this new material, which, God, I can't remember the name of. It's, it's called scrivite or something like that. It has reached... 50% efficiency on the cell level in tests and 39% efficiency in more realistic world-based tests. Once that starts seeing mass production, and it's on the cusp of mass production right now, the partnerships are being struck, the deals are being made, the factories are being tooled, that's going to be really cool. They've also talked about combining it with traditional silicon so that you can have different arrays that on the module level collect all the different wavelengths of life at, at light rather at different times and then at the very end he talks about the next thing and with batteries that's kind of solid state in solar it is this technology that harvests energy from the shadows by creating a contrast zone on a module from bright to dark the electrons actually flow to and fro and that process creates energy. That is so cool. Because you do go, oh, well, sunlight carries heat. So I could understand how an electric type material can be hot and produce electricity from the heat of the sun or photons transferring energy. Well, because that's somewhat intuitive, you often overlook the potential in the opposite and the natural flow and dissipation of energy how that can be funneled off of. The best metaphor I can think of is, oddly enough, another kind of battery metaphor. And it is when you use solar or wind energy to pump water up a hill and put it in a reservoir. And then at night, you open up the reservoir and allow turbines to collect energy off of the water flowing down at a controlled rate. That is a kind of battery that uses water instead of chemical reactions. In the same way, this shadow technology is using the pull of electrons through a photovoltaic element, as far as I can tell. That's pretty cool stuff, though. And eventually, you can have solar panels that layer all of these technologies. You hope, right? So that you can have one cell that works off of shadow next to another cell that works off of scrivite or whatever it's called. And then another cell that is traditional silicon. And you can get a blend of cost effectiveness and energy density. I'm always stoked about that stuff. And it continues to make me wonder when the time is to jump into the pool and buy in, invest in these technologies. Anyway, guys, that's kind of part of eating a salad is thinking these sorts of things while you chew. Please enjoy a salad of your own and come again tomorrow. But more than anything, thank you very much.